I think it's relevant to at least more than one person here this morning. Yeah, just share what you as we were worshipping, I just felt um, that there were some people that were trying to press through the crowds or trying to get into the Lord's presence, but they were trying to press through the crowd with a whole bunch of stuff that they were carrying. And because of the stuff, they're struggling to get through all the clutter to get into Jesus' presence. And I actually just heard the Lord saying, shake it off, shake off the things that hinder you from coming to me, the stresses of life, the things you're worried about, the things that you think you have to carry let it go, just come to him, and he will take care of the rest. But the most important part is just meeting with him. I mean, so I think what we'll do is, after the sermon, I think we'll create the space, um, and I think what you shared now this morning, well, there's a portion in my, in my preach this morning that touches on that. Um, so I'm excited for what the Lord wants to do in us this morning. Um, if you've been with us for the past... Uh, three weeks. Uh, let me introduce myself first. For those who don't know me, I am Keenan. I'm a deacon in the church here. Um, for the visitors who don't know me, just a random guy standing up and just starting. Um, but I think what I have to share with you this morning will touch on, if you've been with us for the past three weeks to a month, you would have known that we would, we've spent some time speaking about let's go. Right? And with Let's Go, we've spoken about not just going on outreaches locally, but also going internationally on outreaches. And I think there's one thing that has stood out for us when it comes to the Let's Go theme. And it's this thing about going to make disciples. Right? Yes? The Lord has called us to go and make disciples of all nations. Last week's uh, message entailed, and he spoke about showing us how the Lord's heart is for nations. Right? That the Lord desires the nations to worship him and to know him and to see him. And as he was preaching last week, he read a portion of scripture that resonated in my heart at that time. I initially wanted and felt to preach this morning about taming the tongue. Um, and then I had to tame my tongue because the Lord spoke something else to me last week uh, that I feel is uh, really good for us uh, in tying up with the direction that we are going in as a church. And so uh, the title of my sermon this morning is Laborers Who Are Shepherds. Okay, I'll say that again. Laborers Who Are Shepherds. And if you've got your Bible with you, you can turn to Matthew 9, verse 35 to 38. Now, this is a, a famous portion of Scripture. It's something that we usually speak about when we talk about evangelism or when we talk about going out and making disciples of all nations. Avi, you need to help me, yeah? <laughs> okay. If you've got your digital Bible or your physical Bible, I'm going to read for us. It says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And as I read that, um, 
Verse 36 jumped out at me because a lot of times when we read this portion of scripture, our initial tendency is to go to verse 37. Uh, or verse 30, 37 and 38 that speaks about the harvest and the Lord of the harvest sending out laborers. But I questioned myself with regards to verse 36, which actually provides the context to what Jesus is saying to his disciples. Jesus was filled with compassion and he saw that the people were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And out of that, Jesus instructs his disciples to pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And that got me thinking that maybe there's a type of laborer that the Lord is looking for. Namely, a laborer that has the heart of a shepherd. Amen? Okay, so I want to highlight a couple of things from this portion of scripture, I'm going to dive into the function of a shepherd. Uh, now, I'm not a farmer. I'll never be. I'm more of a suit and tie, keyboard type of guy. Uh, I'm not the type of guy that's ever going to be in the field trying to uh, raise sheep. or I, I don't even have any plants that I'm looking after at the moment. Uh, but I think what's important from the, from the back of this is to realize that the Lord is sending us to a broken people. People who have been harassed. People who are helpless. And the Lord desires for us to disciple those type of people. And so my prayer this morning is that the Lord will begin to fill our hearts with compassion for broken people. Right? I think all of us are also broken. All of us have gone through stuff in our life that we... Uh, have carried, we carry wounds and we carry scars from things that we've been through. But the Lord has specifically called us to reach out and to work with broken people. Okay, so the Lord must break our hearts and give us a genuine compassion for people. Okay, so what is the function of a shepherd? Okay, I'm going to highlight a couple of things and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some education this morning. So hopefully some of us will be able to go from here and become shepherds physically. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys what is the function of a shepherd physically, and then I'm going to draw, draw some spiritual parallels for us from that. Okay, so the first function of a shepherd is to look after the welfare of the flock. And it says here that a shepherd's primary responsibility is the safety and welfare of the flock. Some flocks may include as many as 1,000 sheep. Wow. The shepherd will graze the animals, herding them to areas of good forage and keep a watchful eye out for poisonous plants. In most cases, the shepherd and his dogs will move the sheep out of fresh grazing each day and bring them back to, a bed, um, bring them back to bed down in the same area each night. And so, just on that physical, Richard, you looking at me and laughing, he knows a little bit more about farming than I do. I hope I got that right. Um, but the first function I believe that the Lord wants to cultivate in us as his laborers to go into the harvest where the shepherds are, is that we need to know people. And we need to make a genuine effort to get to know people. And the scripture I want to take us to is Philippians 2 verse 19 to 20. And it says the following, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by the good news of you. 
For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. In other words, when it comes to discipling people, we need to make a genuine effort to get to know people. And I think something that stands out for me in this portion is to actually value what people value. Is do we take the time to listen to what people have to say to us? Or are we so driven by just a project tracker and feeling that we need to just make sure that this person gets to the Lord without having listened and having gotten to know this person? I want to say to us as a people that having a braai, watching sport together, uh, playing golf together, playing tennis together. I know there's a couple of us that play tennis together or squash. These things are aimed for us to get to know one another. And it's actually such a powerful tool that we have in our hands to use these seemingly mundane activities to get to know people, especially people who don't know the Lord. Um, I've been challenged in my life to actually try to put myself in positions where I am able to meet people that I'll never meet if I just stay in the circle of the holy huddle that we call this church family. So I want to challenge us, if we want to reach out to the lost, put yourself in the position where you can meet people who don't know the Lord. Take up a hobby, right? I'm more than willing to help some of us take up the game of golf. If it means that we are able to connect with people. I've connected amazingly with strangers. Show up to the golf course. There's random people. Hi, I'm playing with you today. My name's Keenan. And we have 18 holes, almost four or five hours together that we can actually get to know someone. But the first function of a shepherd and the, the type of laborers that the Lord is raising up us, us up to be is people who will take a genuine interest in others. Okay? Amen. The second function of a shepherd is to protect the sheep from predators. To protect the sheep under his care, a shepherd may use guard dogs or other guard animals. Sheep predators include coyotes, wolves, mountain lions, bears, and even domestic dogs. <laughs> I'm sure Chihuahua is not going to do damage. Um, Here's an interesting fact. Domestic dogs are more of a threat than many larger predators, according to the USDA. Because they may chase sheep to exhaustion and cause the ewes to abort their lambs. In addition to using guard animals, many sheep herders carry rifles to shoot predators that are attacking the sheep. And so the second function, and something that I believe the Lord wants to highlight for us as uh, shepherd laborers, is that we are called to protect our people that we disciple from danger or to warn against false teaching or deception. And the scripture I want to read for us is 1 Timothy 1 verse 3 to 7. It says, As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain people not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies, which promotes speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Certain persons, by swerving from these, have wandered away into vain discussion, 
desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. So we need to be bold in calling out things in people's lives that we disciple that will lead them astray from the true faith that is in Jesus. That causes them to be unfruitful in the ways of God. And here we need, I, I love this phrase, I've heard it somewhere before, I, I don't know who said it. But um, someone said once that as people who disciple God's people, we need to have tender hearts and hard foreheads. Tender hearts and hard foreheads. What that means is that we need to be able to be bold enough to tell people about things in their life that harm them or that has the potential to take them away from the Lord. Um, and I believe what the Lord wants to work in us in this is that we need to let go of the fear of man. If we are to disciple God's people and the people that the Lord is bringing into our midst or that we are going to collect or fetch on his behalf, then we need to have thick skin in the sense that we are able to have tough conversations with people that we know in the end will cause them to be fruitful in the Lord. At the risk of being at the risk of them having be uh, of them being offended with us right? i would rather tell you that this thing is going to kill you than to have you be killed and then have regret afterwards it's more loving to tell someone that if you jump in the road a bus is going to hit you than to stay quiet and have them jump in the road anyways we need to be bold in warning people against things that will uh, lead them astray. Now, sometimes this can become a gray area uh, because like each of us, e each one might have a different opinion on certain things, but there's definitely some red flag things that we have to uh, warn people against. Don't listen to this teaching. Don't listen to this uh, person because what their message promotes will lead you away from the Lord. Or sometimes there's things in people's lives, and we'll get to another point here, that don't necessarily look like sin. Or don't necessarily look like a bad thing at face value. But we know and we sense in the Holy Spirit that they're continuing in this certain practice or entertainment of something would lead them away from the Lord. Sometimes it would mean that we would have conversations with people challenging them about the amount of time they spend at their job. Not a bad thing, but something that can lead you astray from the things of the Lord. And as laborers, shepherds, it's our responsibility and our calling to call these things out in people's lives and to make sure that they run the race with endurance, pleasing the Lord who has called them. Amen? The third thing that a shepherd is responsible for when they are looking after their sheep is that they have to make sure that the sheep remain healthy. Like other animals, sheep are susceptible to diseases, obviously, and they must also be monitored during the lambing process. They may also be bothered by insects, some of which may carry disease. Shepherds are often responsible for minor injuries or basic medical treatment, especially since they work in isolated areas 
far away from veterinary, uh, veterinary services. In addition, uh, shepherds may in administer worming medication or vaccines and apply insecticides. During lambing season, the shepherd will make frequent checks on the ewes at all hours of the day and night and may assist the ewe if birthing problems occur. Shepherds may also dock or cut off the tails of young lambs. Some nice education coming through this morning, eh? And what I take from this and what I want to say to us is that the third function of a laborer shepherd is to care for people. It's to make sure that people are not just spiritually healthy, but emotionally healthy. Healthy in a mental space. Galatians 6 verse 2 says, We are to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So what does it look like to bear one another's burdens? What is a burden? A burden is something that someone carries far beyond their capacity and their means or ability to be able to carry that thing. It's interesting in that same portion of scripture, it goes on to say that each one is to bear their own load. Right? So what's the difference between bearing your own load and helping one another carry one another's burdens? A burden is something in your life that you don't have the capacity at this moment to carry yourself. And a laborer shepherd is one who comes alongside, knows firstly the people, what they're going through, comes alongside them and helps them carry that burden. This requires us to let go of our time, the things we hold as precious in our own lives, and lay those things down in order to carry someone else's burden. The book of Acts is beautiful in showing us how the church rallied together to make sure that no one had need. People sold things. People had forsaken certain things in order for the whole body to thrive. And so our task as laborers, shepherds is to ask the Lord, Lord, I see Deborah is carrying a burden. How do I come alongside Deborah to lighten the load? Are we doing that? Are we partnering with the Holy Spirit in our discipling of people? We need to. And we'll see from the next point um, how the Lord also challenges us to not always step in immediately. Uh, I'll read a quick scripture for us. Philippians 2 verse 3 to 8 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." Our discipleship process with people looks like a process of laying down our lives. It's counting others higher than ourselves. Having to give up things that I want to do for myself and say, today I need to spend time with Michael. I need to get to Oyentanda. 
the Lord, I believe, will challenge us to lay down certain things in our lives for the sake of getting to His people. Amen? Amen. We're very quiet this morning. <laughs> the fourth function of a shepherd is that the shepherd's responsibility is to shear the flock. Right? Shearing does not hurt sheep, believe it or not. And while shearing is not necessarily an enjoyable process, it is necessary to shear sheep to maintain their health and hygiene. Sheep suffer from a variety of difficulties if they are not shorn for an extended length of time. Listen to this. The huge volume of wool in sheep's bodies creates various risks for their health. Excess wool might cause an imbalance in the sheep's body temperature, and during the summer it might result in overheating, discomfort, and can even lead to death. Excess wool can also hamper the mobility of the sheep. <laughs> Wool's weight can make it difficult for sheep to walk and impair their visibility. Uh, furthermore, certain things uh, that come out of the body can get trapped in the wool, attracting pests, flies, and maggots to the sheep's body. And this one, I want to I wanna linger on this one. The fourth function of, of a, a shepherd laborer is to challenge people to throw off weight and to embrace the discipline that comes from the Lord. This is probably the most difficult task that we will have when we disciple people. Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and seated at the right hand of God. There will come a time in our discipleship of people where we will have to allow them to go through difficult things for the sake of them looking more like Jesus. This is the most difficult por uh, portion or part for us to be shepherds that actually care for the sheep, is to see that this person is going through something, to hear the Lord saying, hands off, I am working. But this is what it would require for us. Is to always ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what are you doing in this person's life? I think our default sometimes might be that we are quick to give our opinion on matters in people's lives. And we try to, listen, listen to what, what I'm saying, is we try to take people off the cross that the Lord has appointed for them to carry. And so this is not a, a black and white thing that we just look at someone's life and say, okay, I'm going to step in here, I'm not going to step in here. There's not a filter for this. This is in partnership with the Holy Spirit that we need to ask the Lord, Lord, what are you doing in Aiden's life? And how do I come alongside as a shepherd to ensure that he follows you well? Even if on face value, it looks like all hell is breaking loose in his life. Very, very difficult to do. 
And as you heard, the shearing process with sheep is an uncomfortable thing. Right? They don't want they don't want it to happen. They want to hold on to the wool because the wool represents a comfort zone for them that they are happy to be in. <coughs> Sorry. But the Lord will sometimes take people on a journey that causes them to walk in places of uncomfortability. Our task as people who disciple them from a shepherd's point of view is to know what the Lord is doing at all times in our people's lives. And to allow him to do it without getting our hands in the process. Even if the sheep squirm. Even if it's uncomfortable. Listen to this uh, scripture. Hebrews 12 verse 7 to 11. It says, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, like that sheep being sheared. In that moment, it doesn't make sense. What are you doing? I don't like this. It's uncomfortable for me. I just want to stay in my thick wool and stay in this comfort zone. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So are we partnering with the Holy Spirit when we are discipling people, specifically when it comes to this point? Or do we think what we think is best in the situation? God has not called us to be professional counselors. God has called us to help people hear his voice. And I'll, I'll read a portion of scripture as, uh, in closing, as I close just now, about the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. And he says that all his sheep hear his voice. Our task is to just lead the sheep to the actual main good shepherd to hear his voice as he leads his people. So I'll, I'll just quickly to recap on the, on the functions of a shepherd. The first function is to, to look after the welfare of the flock. It's to know people. Make a genuine effort to get to know people. Go outside of your means to really take a genuine interest. Listen to what people say. Find out what they are passionate about. Find out what makes them come alive. Identify the gifts in people. Call that forth in people. There's so many times where I've seen that people have had a worship gift on their life and they haven't seen it for themselves. And Modus has done a great job of doing this and going to people and saying, listen, I believe the Lord has called you to do worship. And two years down the line, that person is leading worship. We wouldn't be able to do that if we don't know people and the gifts that the Lord has placed in people's lives. For example, this morning, I was blown away when Richard took the mic this morning. The Lord has a gift on Richard's life to preach, to speak. Now I'm putting him on the spot there now. And he did it. But it is, it is the responsibility of the person or the people discipling Richard to then call that out. 
say Richard, last week Reinhardt uh, got up here and he did a finance teaching. He did excellent. He was super nervous. But it would be that, Reinhardt, you did so well last week. We need to see you more. We need to get you to cultivate that gift that the Lord has placed in you. This is the responsibility that the Lord will have for us to do with other people. People who are not yet here. People that the Lord will send here is to call out that goal, to see things in people, the potential that the Lord has for people in their lives, and to call that out. The second point is that we would need to protect people and warn people against the dangers that can lead them astray from following the Lord. I pray that the Lord would give us a boldness <clears throat> to, to be peacemakers and not peacekeepers. Peacekeepers keep their mouth shut and watch the world burn for the sake of keeping peace. Peacemakers, on the other hand, are people that will engage the situation and then make peace afterwards. We are called to be peacemakers, not peacekeepers. We are called to warn. We are called to point out things in people's lives that would lead them astray from following the Lord with fruitfulness. The third function is to protect the health of the sheep, is to care for people, is to make sure that they are healthy, is to carry one another's burdens, it's to go the extra mile. The fourth function is to challenge people to throw off the weight and the sin that so easily entangles us and to embrace the discipline of the Lord. A true brother in the Lord is someone who comes to me and says, I pray that the Lord would help you to suffer well. Imagine Paul being called by the Lord. And in that portion of scripture, God reveals the calling of Paul to another man that he needs to go to. And he says, I will show him the things that he must suffer for, for my namesake. Paul's calling was to suffer. What a calling. And sometimes this is the calling that the Lord would have for us in our lives. Would we aim to help people stay on the cross that the Lord has for them to stay on in the pursuit of looking more like Jesus? Or will we take people off the, off the cross that the Lord has for them? We need to discern that by the help of the Holy Spirit. And then we, all, we need to make sure that the discipline that the Lord has in people's lives, that we come alongside the Lord in helping them Actually walk it out with him. The Lord is challenging you on your time management. Let me come alongside you and make sure that you have a calendar. That you have a task list. These are super practical things that the Lord would highlight in our lives. And the people that he has called us to disciple. And we need to come alongside and take a genuine interest in them. But all of this is made easier. Not because we put the effort into being better shepherds. All of this comes together because we have a good shepherd over us that shows us what this looks like. We don't need to do this in our own efforts, like Marna shared this morning. We don't need to walk out of here feeling like, oh my goodness, this is a massive task that the Lord has ahead of us. It is a massive task, but He has equipped us and He will equip us to do the work. Moses had a word at the beginning of the year, prepare the vessel. 
This is part of preparing the vessel. Is that we know when the Lord sends people, what are we going to do with them? What does discipleship look like? It's not just having coffees with people. It's doing life together. It's doing these things with them. But we have a wonderful example in the person of the Lord Jesus who calls himself the good shepherd, whom we can continuously look to to be shepherded ourselves before we shepherd others. John 10, verse 1 to 16. It's a long portion of scripture, but bear with me. I'm going to read this in closing. It says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to kill, to steal and to destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. And this part is powerful. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep who are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. What a beautiful portion of scripture that just shows Jesus' heart over us as the good shepherd. His primary focus is to lay down his life because he owns the sheep. A hired hand just bails when the going gets tough. So what type of shepherds do we want to be? Do we want to be the hired hand? That disciple people at our convenience? On our terms? Or will we allow the Lord to work in our hearts so that we become shepherds that are willing to lay down our life? for those who the Lord has called to us to disciple. What a privilege that we can be part of the process of someone being formed into the image of Christ. What a privilege. I'm trusting that this morning that the Lord, I, I realize that this can be a weighty thing for us. It's not intended for us to be a weighty thing if we realize that we can do this only by His grace and by His strengthening and by His picture and how He shepherds us. And so I want, I want to pray for us that the Lord will work in our hearts. Firstly, I believe that the Lord needs to fill our hearts with compassion. I was reminded of a, a portion of scripture this morning that says, in the last days, people will be lovers of themselves. 
And this lovers of self thing will be a killer blow for discipleship. If we love ourselves, we won't, we won't disciple people. If we would be lovers of money, we won't disciple people. If we have our circumstances as the main th thing and the main focus in front of us, we won't disciple people. And that word that Chloe brought this morning about throwing off the weight, throwing off things, I believe that the Lord will speak to us this morning about things that we hold on to that actually make us unfruitful in discipling people. Maybe it's a sport. Maybe. Maybe it's the case of a job or money providing. Maybe our time is spent unwisely so that we aren't able to actually get to people and get to know people. May the Lord reveal that to us this morning. He is looking for laborers that will go out into His harvest. We don't need to do anything about the harvest in terms of having to manufacture. It's His harvest. We need to pray earnestly that He will send laborers out. But the laborers that go need to be shepherds. We need to be shepherds. I actually want to honor Neelan in this moment. Where I'm just reminded, I'm looking at you, Neelan. Just how you've stepped up in discipling these young guys from Mbukweni. No one asked you to do it. No one, there wasn't a church structure or hierarchy that said, Neelan, you need to spend time with these guys. Out of his own, the Lord spoke to him. And he took that up without anyone asking him to do it. Is the Lord highlighting certain people to you that he wants you to disciple? What a privilege that we can lay down our lives for the sheep. So Lord Jesus, I thank you this morning that you are the good shepherd in our midst. That you are the one that's leading us. Uh, that all the sheep that you have called know you, God. They hear your voice, Lord Jesus. They know you. And I pray, Lord, that you would work that same shepherd's heart into our hearts. Lord, we confess that we are quick to look to our own interests. Lord, we are quick to take up our lives. We are quick uh, to, to stay in our comfort zone. We are quick to do discipleship based on our convenience, Lord. I pray that this morning you would challenge us outside of our comfort zone, God. I pray, Jesus, that you would highlight to us people that you have called, Lord, that you want us to reach out to and that you want us to disciple. I thank you for the privilege, Lord, that we have to, to be workers in your field, Lord. That you are the Lord of the harvest, Lord. We pray earnestly to you, Lord. Send us, Lord, into the field, Lord. Send us, Lord. Work a shepherd's heart into us, Lord, that we would be a people that have compassion on others, Lord. Break our heart for what breaks yours, Lord. Show us, show us the state of people, Lord. Show us the brokenness, Lord God. Touch our hearts, Lord. Maybe there's some of us here this morning that you do not hear the shepherd. You are maybe harassed and helpless without a shepherd. You don't know Jesus as the good shepherd this morning. This morning the Lord is standing with compassion reaching out to you. Looking upon you with compassion. 
So if there's anyone here this morning that you've, you've not surrendered your life to Jesus before, you haven't come under the good shepherd, if there's anyone like that this morning, I want to give an opportunity for you to come to the good shepherd. He will take you in his arms. He will look after you. He will care for you. Make sure that you are healthy. Protect you from danger. He will lay down his life. He has laid down his life for you. If there's anyone like that in our midst this morning, maybe with every eye closed, every head bowed, maybe you can just slip up your hand and just indicate that you would like to come to the Lord this morning. Is there anyone? Thank you. Anyone else? The second invitation I would like to throw out, maybe you, you have Jesus as the good shepherd. You've given your life to the Lord. But you still feel scattered. You still feel harassed and helpless. If there's anyone like that this morning, maybe you can raise your hand as well. Thank you. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would speak over your people this morning, Lord. That we would come under your fold, Lord God. That we'd come under your protection. Father, I pray that where there's people in our midst, maybe... Maybe, maybe some of us need to be discipled. And I want to encourage us this morning, if you feel like you've not walked a road where you've been accountable to someone, discipleship looks like accountability. Make yourself accountable to someone this morning. Go to a calm leader and say, I want to walk a road with you. Would you disciple me? Would you care for me? Would you do what the shepherd does? Father, I pray that we would come under your authority this morning, Lord Jesus, as the good shepherd. And I pray, Lord, that you would highlight to each one of us uh, who need to be discipled, Lord, uh, people that we can go to and that we can open up our lives to. And then for the rest of us, maybe we can all stand together. Lord, I pray that you would work compassion into our hearts. I pray, Lord, that you would, you would lead us into discipling people well. Lord, that it wouldn't just be a project for us. It wouldn't just be a, a tick-off list, Lord God, to just make sure that we have coffee with people. But Lord, that we would really take a genuine interest in the lives of people, Lord. That you would work in us the, the same heart that you have for people, that we would have in our hearts, Lord. I thank you, God, that you are commissioning us to go, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we would go in power, Lord. Go with the heart of a shepherd, Lord, to really disciple nations to, the, to, the, to, to your glory, God. That you would be glorified through people that look like you, God. Come have your way in our midst, Lord Jesus. Come have your way in our midst, God. Come have your way in our midst, Lord Jesus.
Thanks, Kina. That's that's such good news. Um, just just yeah, before we end off and so on, I think even in my journey, um, walking around with few people, discipling and so on, um, I've realised it's it's much easier when my load is also lighter. It's much easier to get to people and to get to things and so on. So this morning, I want to actually just Chloe also shared that word and so on. I want to ask. If you are standing here this morning and you're feeling heavy, I want you to, to come to the front and we 